0: you may remember that I accidentally delivered my first daughter. And just recently, Tessa accidentally delivered our second. You know, raising kids is crazy enough by itself, but somehow Tessa and I have found creative ways to make our lives even more surprising. This is The 5AM Miracle, episode number 426, another wild birth story and finding balance in a growing family with Tessa Sanders. Good morning. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. Hey, welcome back to the 5AM Miracle Studios. I am here with my wife, Tessa, once again. Welcome back, Tessa. Hi, everybody. You know, the last time that you were here, we had this little banter back and forth about how awkward you think these little introductions are. So well, any, any change to that or no, you feel the same way?
1: It's just weird when you say hello to me, like we're not like in the house together.
0: Which we are. And yeah. right now it's all the time, 24-7. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm
1: usually not in here in your like studio area. True. Right now we have... Benny here and Rosie and me
0: that's right our new daughter Rosie which is the topic of today's conversation yeah she's in here with us along with our sleeping dog Benny uh, they're both taking little naps right now or next to us, so we're going to cross our fingers so they stay quiet. That's the plan. If
1: you hear grunting or snoring, it's not me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it might be you. I don't know. It's one of them. It's hard to say. L- or lack of sleep. We might be snoring right. either way. <laughs> well, great. Um, I'm excited to chat with you today because this is a topic that I um, I kind of primed on social media about two months ago where I was hinting that there was an interesting story with the birth of Rosie. Uh, Because we had a very interesting story with the birth of our first daughter, Maisie, three and a half years ago. And so this is way back with episode number 255 of this podcast and 256. We did a back-to-back series talking about our fertility journey with IVF and then the kind of interesting birth story with Maisie. So I'll just recap that just for a second. But if you want to go back and listen to those, the full episodes, you'll get the whole story. And it's, it's fun, uh, but in a nutshell, Tessa and I did IVF, and so we did a lengthy process to get pregnant, and then once Maisie actually came to term, we were it was two and a half weeks early, we were caught off guard, we went to a midwife center here near Nashville, and ultimately, Tessa delivered Maisie before our midwife even arrived, so I caught Maisie, and then she was born and healthy and happy, and it was... It surprised us both. I think that was what happened.
1: I mean, we had definitely been planning. We were planning to go to the midwife center. That wasn't like a spur of the moment decision or Very anything. True. But I had it in my head that first time moms tended to give birth after their due dates. Right. So I don't know where I got that idea. I was thinking, like, I'm going to be pregnant for like another month, maybe a month and a half. And so when she came, I was like, oh, we are not like exactly ready.
0: Yeah, we were very caught off guard the day of, which made the whole thing, I think, just an extra level of stress and extra anxiety around, like, what happens now.
1: In terms of, like, supplies, like, we still needed, like, yeah, when we I went into labor, stuff, yes. I was like, go to the grocery <laughs> store, we need this and this and this and this. We had a whole list, right. which we hadn't gotten around to getting it yet.
0: Right. So, yeah, that was kind of a wild experience, but everything kind of smoothed over after that, and Maisie has been a wonderful part of our family for the last you know, three and a half years. Rosie's been a little loud here in the background. Um, So then let's fast forward to what happened for us about a year ago. We went through the uh, fertility treatment process again uh, to get pregnant the second time.
1: It was a bit easier this time because we already had the eggs frozen. So we only sort of went through the part that comes after that. So that was not quite as long.
0: A lot fewer appointments and... Uh, a lot less money and a lot less kind of, I mean, we had done the process before. So we felt, I mean, I felt a lot more confident that this process would work. It would be successful. It wouldn't require too many new surprises. I think that was true for that process this time around.
1: Yeah, definitely. We knew what to expect and it all um, rolled out fairly smoothly. We were planning to start a month earlier and we had a (laughs) snowstorm, which is rare in Nashville, but the way our neighborhood is set up, when it snows, you can't really get in or out of the neighborhood. No, we so were stuck. We were definitely stuck. And with IVF, everything has to be timed perfectly. Yes. Well, with like your biological cycle and all stuff, all that sort of stuff. So right. we actually had to push it back um, a month because we were snowed in.
0: Yeah, we missed the appointment. And so we had to <laughs> postpone. Um, But it worked out. And so we did Yeah, the IVF process, got pregnant, and then we had uh, Rosie's pregnancy, which uh, built all the way up into the holiday season uh, of 2021. Um, So can you walk us through kind of your preparation this time for being pregnant, uh, round number two, and the hypnosis that you did and how that compared to me the first uh, round with Maisie? Yeah.
1: So the first time with Maisie, um, like halfway through... The pregnancy, I realized, like, oh, I don't think I really want to have a hospital birth. I don't want to be in this birth center. We were at the time working with a birth center that was associated with a pretty big hospital. Um, You can hear all about that. I think we talked about that in those other episodes. Um, But at a, you know, about halfway through, I decided to sort of switch tracks and and go more of like a midwife hypnosis route. Um, This time, I knew that from the get go. I knew I was going to do the hypnosis. I knew I was going to do a midwife. Um, And so I had that sort of planned out the whole time. Um, We did decide to do the home birth here at our house instead of going to the midwife center at the farm. Um, Partly because the Maisie's birth was so fast.
0: Well, and the drive for us to get from our house to the midwife center we used the first time is an hour and a half drive which I did with you in labor next to me for Maisie, which was, oh man, I'm, I'm very glad we avoided that again.
1: Yeah, I think that was actually your call mostly. Like when we were oh, talking yes, early yes. on about like, should we do it again? Are we going to do it the same way? I think you were like, let's not do the...
0: Well, the only other option is that our, it's called the farm, which is the midwife center we used. And they do allow you to come in early and just stay there for a few weeks prior to the birth. And we had that choice, but it was just with work schedules, it didn't seem to make sense to just kind of be off the grid that far.
1: Well, and this year we have a three and a half year old. So right, there's that. partly why. And with COVID, we were not exactly sure, like, were they still going to be like, right? were there going to be different protocols in place or was it going to be as easy to come, you know, early and just sort of camp out or what, what was going on? And it being the winter, we didn't know what the weather was going to be like. So there were a variety of reasons we decided not to go to the farm. I kind of did want to go back there. Well, of course. It's, it's a great
0: place. Um, oh. But the alternative was a birth actually in our house, which we're obviously very comfortable here. And this is a place where I know you personally like your pillows and your blankets. And like, it's a nice cozy place for you to, to have you know a birth.
1: And I knew I really wanted to um, have this baby in like a very calm environment with you know, low lights and not a lot of people, and be very calm. And so, I decided to do the hypnosis thing again. Um, I use the Hypno Babies program. I think there are a few different hypnosis programs out there, um, but the one I use is called Hypno Babies, and it works so well with Maisie. I decided to just do it again. Um, it's sort of a, like a six-week program, or like sort of like courses that you you would go through. We didn't go to classes this time, but I followed the sort of protocol and. You learn these different hypnosis tracks and how to put yourself into hypnosis, um, and different cue words. And there's positive affirmations around positive childbirth experiences and stuff like that. So, leading up to the birth, I spent a lot of time practicing my hypnosis and relearning that skill, which I had kind of um, gone out of after Maisie was born.
0: Well, and it is a skill, and one that once you review it, it seemed to come back pretty naturally. And you were, yeah, practicing that every every single day for what over a month.
1: Yeah. Definitely. I think it was like five or six weeks. Yeah. Um, and I, it's one of those things, kind of like stretching your muscles. Like when you stop doing it, yeah. it goes back. Um, and so I really wanted to just know that when the time comes, I can put myself into a real deep state of relaxation and calm and peace so that I can have this baby in that environment. Um, so I really just made sure that I was able to do that um, when the time came.
0: So I kind of prepped this episode with the, uh, the title of it being a wild birth story. And what I said online was this was an, a very a unique experience. And so I want to get to the actual delivery of Rosie because this one was, though similar to Maisie's, was different. So walk us through what happened the morning of December the 16th.
1: So at about three o'clock in the morning, I think, um, I got up to go to the bathroom, which when you're in late... Stages of pregnancy, that's happening all the time. time. So that wasn't anything (laughs) new or unique. Um, But at that time, I was like, oh, I think my water broke, but I wasn't sure. It wasn't like this big gush in the middle of the mall like you see on movies. Um, So I wasn't exactly sure if I was going into labor. And I tried to go back to sleep a little bit, um, but I was awake with anticipation like, is this really, am I (laughs) going into labor? I don't know. So I was kind of wired at three o'clock in the morning. um, And so I, Decided to get up and like get a snack. I don't know. I did a relaxation hypnosis track to kind of get myself in the mode. Um, and thinking, you know, if this isn't if this isn't really labor, then I'll just be really relaxed and I'll go back to bed. And if this is labor, then I will be in a relaxed state and I'll be able to more easily get into that self self hypnosis state that I'm hoping to be in for the birth. Um, so after I did that, I was fairly confident that I was in labor, um, but I was so sort of relaxed and still sort of in like a sleep-like state. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Rosie. Hey, Rosie. Um, So then at about 4.30, 4.45, I was like, okay, I think this is labor. So I like brush my teeth. I put some makeup on um, and I decided to wake Jeff up. Um, Mm. you know, it was close to five and I was like, he's going to be waking up anyway, but I just wanted to make sure he had plenty of time to like do his, all his morning routine things and make coffee and get snacks or whatever. I don't know what, what all you do in the morning, but it seems like a complicated process. So in my mind, I was like, okay, this is going to give him plenty of time to like get up. Maybe we'll take Maisie to daycare. She was still sleeping at the time. Um, and I'll like go through some of these other hypnosis tracks that I sort of have on standby.
0: What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So at that point, it was about, yeah, quarter to five, and you woke me up and told me it's time. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to get up right now. It's not time for that. It's like, what are you talking about? And then realized, it's oh, what? it's time, time. Like, I need to, there's a baby coming, uh, which really, I mean, I went from this expecting myself to be as calm as you are, but I didn't do those hypnosis tracks. So in that moment, you told me it was time, like, my stress levels skyrocketed instantly, which. I don't want to be that guy. I wasn't planning to be that guy, but just that was... I didn't prepare the way that you did because I'm not delivering the baby. Yet, I was going to be like your support partner in this process. And I, looking back at it, I should have done more work on my part to be more ready for that moment. Not that I was panicking or freaking out, but I just feel like I could have been a little more, I don't know, in the moments as opposed to how I reacted. But that's another story.
1: Well, I think as the mom... You're always thinking like, okay, when this happens, like, what's it going to be like? What am I going to do? What right. am I going to? And I'm sure you did that a little bit, but probably not as much as a p- pregnant woman. you
0: know. Right, right. So it was about five o'clock then. At that point, I had already texted the midwife and told her you were in labor and that we were preparing for her to come over as soon as possible. Because at that point, I'm assuming we'll probably have another fast labor, but didn't know the speed. And our midwife is like, well, get back to me when her contractions are a lot closer together. And so that's when we started to time them. So walk us through how you were timing them if you weren't even doing yeah, that Yeah, so that point.
1: before I woke you up, I thought I had a contraction. Right. And then I didn't have another one for like 30 or 45 minutes. I'm like, okay, maybe that wasn't one. And then right after I woke you up, I had another one. And I was like, oh, I think this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went into the bathroom to labor in there for a little while. And then the next one came like much quicker. And I was like, okay, I need to figure out how far apart these are, but I couldn't really tell.
0: So then I tried to time them and I was able to calculate a four minute time frame. So I texted the midwife and said, we're four minutes apart. And she said, okay, I'm on my way.
1: And we knew with Maisie, the midwife didn't arrive on time or in time. So we were like, she
0: was literally down the street.
1: So we were like, we should probably get the midwife here. Like sooner." The midwife knew this. She had planned to like come quickly. Um, and even at that time, you were like, "Should I call the midwife?" And I was like, "No." Right.
0: <laughs> you tried to hold me off on you know, it's it. It's like but... I just
1: want to do this by myself, like <laughs> as long as possible, and like it's probably going to be even if it's fast, it's probably going to be like a few more hours anyway. So let's just like wait. Right. But apparently, you did not listen to that. <laughs> no,
0: I overrode you and told the midwife, uh, "Like it's a good time to come," and she was she was already on board with that. So at that point, then you stayed laboring by yourself in the bathroom. And I went to the kitchen to finish my morning routine and make a coffee and get myself ready to go. So we just had a tech glitch. So we're coming back <laughs> in after a slight delay. So whatever we were just saying, I think I already forgot what it was, but we're in the middle of a really important part of this story. So yes. I want to be sure we tell this right. So to back this up just for a second to get our own bearings, the midwife is on her way. You're laboring in the bathroom by yourself. We timed a four-minute contractions. And I went to go get my coffee and get myself prepped, assuming that the delivery was coming pretty soon.
1: Yeah. And so I'm in the bathroom, which is, you know, decorated very cute. It's got lots of like flowery stuff and there's like soft cushions and towels. It's, you know, it sounds weird to be in a bathroom, but I like the bathroom.
0: (laughs) Well, it's a comfortable place. And, you know, for a laboring position with your body, it fits.
1: Yeah. So I was like sitting upright on the toilet and not you know, laying down like they would have you maybe in a hospital or something like that. Just finding a position that was comfortable for me. I was just trying to really focus on being relaxed and calm and just letting my body do what it knew how to do. Um, And I was also sort of in the back of my head thinking like, how far apart are these contractions? Um, But I was in this self-hypnosis, like a hypnotic state. And so during that time, I think you sort of um, disassociate a bit. So Mm. I wasn't exactly sure about like how much time is happening and like how long it's been since the last one. I was really just trying to like let things happen really naturally and not overthink it too much. Um, and so while I was doing that, the baby just sort of came out (laughs) and it kind of surprised me because I wasn't, I didn't realize I was that far into the delivery process or the laboring process or whatever,
0: and at this moment, it was exactly 5.30 a.m. So just to highlight this, it was our own 5 a.m. miracle. Uh, and this is only two and a half hours after you woke up mm-hmm. and essentially your water broke at that point. And, but the actual laboring process really didn't start until around 5 a.m. Right. So it was about a 30-minute process. Yeah, maybe and
1: 45 minutes at the most.
0: Maybe 45. And at the time that this was taking place, that you were catching your own baby I was making a coffee and I was like in my head thinking like, stay calm. Don't freak out. Things are going to be good, but I didn't know what was going on. And so I just kind of casually walked into the bedroom and I heard you yelling my name and I was like, oh, I missed it. I I knew it was like intuitively something just happened. And I think there's a baby there and there was.
1: (laughs) Was it just your daddy's sense or was it my voice or why? It was
0: your voice. I got the real sense that like either I missed it or it's happening right now. And I missed it. So that was what took place.
1: So he walks in and I'm just holding this baby, just like, very similar to like we did at the farm, except I caught her instead of him. And then again, we're just sort of sitting here waiting for the midwife to come taking pictures.
0: Right. So we spent, I don't know, half an hour just hanging out with the baby, taking photos, um, chilling out on the bed at that point and waiting. And uh, yeah, it was that entire process was fairly calm. And chill, and Rosie was healthy, and things were things were good.
1: And Maisie was still sleeping, so and Maisie was still asleep,
0: so that whole <laughs> thing was a wonderful little morning. Um, and the midwife arrived around six a.m. And then you would take the story from there. Sure. <laughs> Rosie is grunting loudly.
1: <laughs> so the midwife shows up, and she starts to help with like the post-birth stuff. Um, and she realizes pretty quickly that things were not quite going like they were supposed to be going. Um, if anyone is familiar with pregnancy related stuff, I had what's called a retained placenta. Um, and so that is something that does need like hospital care. So the midwife really quickly sort of called the, the hospital or the ambulance or whoever. And they came and took me in um, and Rosie got to stay here. With Jeff for a little while and then he sort of passed her off and came to be with me for a little while and so for the few sort of days after um, the birth there was a bit of like you know I'm in the hospital and Rosie's here and Jeff is kind of going back and forth Uh, but really when we when I look back on it you know she was born at home which is what I really wanted she was born in a calm environment the midwife showed up when we needed her um, and she made the judgment call and the you know, used her expertise to decide what kind of care we needed. Um, and for you, the
0: retained placenta is a very rare uh, thing to happen. It's extremely remote. And so with just...
1: Yeah, I know. had heard about it before. I knew that it was one of those things that like sometimes pregnant women...
0: It can happen. You it know, just, just have this thing.
1: Know. I didn't think it was going to happen to me. But, you know, as with any kind of pregnancy and delivery, every, you know, every pregnancy has that possibility, I guess. Um, So it was... Not my ideal plan to have to go to the hospital, but I, in a way, was happy that you know I did have this home birth. I think my hypnosis really worked, um, and I'm thankful for the midwife who showed up and um, was able to sort of intervene when needed.
0: Yeah, and then, I mean then the entire birthing process at home, I and mean, excluding the retained placenta, the actual birthing process was beautifully calm and simple. Like yeah. everything about that was exactly as planned.
1: I think you hear like in movies and things like that that you have to have someone to tell you when to push.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: And that like, for some reason women can't do this without somebody there yelling at them. Like, push
0: now. I mean, the, the movie, like the Hollywood version of birthing is so ridiculous to me yeah, because it's, it's one specific vision, which is, this is a chaotic moment. The mother is a victim to this horrendous events and everyone has to yell at her. And that's the end of it. It's just an awful thing. It's just negative, negative energy being thrown at it. And our two experiences were like, no, it doesn't have to be like that.
1: My experience was that my body just sort of pushed the baby out like on its own time frame. I didn't even really realize that that was happening. In hindsight, I can look back and be like, oh, there was like this first part of labor that felt different from this later part of labor. But in the moment, like I wasn't consciously being like, okay, get ready, and, like <laughs> push for five counts or whatever you kind of see on TV. My body just like, just did it. Right. Um, and I think, you know, that's how I wanted it to go. I wanted to sort of be by myself in a very calm environment um, and just let my body do its thing. Um, and so very happy that that came about. And I, I really attribute that to the hypnosis um, and also the support of a midwife who I think is, like I said, just a bit calmer about um, natural childbirth. I
0: mean, there is a we, we actually saw a couple of doctors in the middle of the pregnancy. And to juxtapose just talking to those, you know, the OB and talking to our midwives, like the energy is so different from people who approach these things like the, I, the medical perspective versus the more natural perspective they're both trying to get to the same end result but the two paths just feel like night and day different to me
1: and i think largely that's because midwives deal with normal uncomplicated pregnancies right almost exclusively if there's right. anything that's out of the norm correct you don't sort of get to have a home birth with a midwife your right, midwife right. can maybe come with you to the hospital but you know you you really think of home births as being for women who have very normal uncomplicated pregnancies and i think people in the hospital and ob's are tending to experience more emergency type situations um but even in that i think there can be some calm in in those things they don't have to be sort of high stress right um energy you can you can go about that sort of thing in a more calm way i think and that's really what I was hoping. I tend, I think, especially when I'm pregnant, I tend to be very um, susceptible to other people's energy. Um, oh, yeah. So if somebody around me is really stressed or is upset or is happy during pregnancy, I found that I would just sort of take that on. And so it was really important for me to be able to birth and deliver in an environment that was as calm as possible. And yeah, you were like a little high strung, but I'm used to that. And <laughs> still you being here True. makes me feel you know, comfortable and happy and safe even if you're a little bit jacked up.
0: (laughs) Well, it is incredible just to watch you go through that process. I can see you doing what you rehearsed. I can see you calming yourself in such a a really phenomenal way because you're able to take whatever's happening and just center your energy to remain calm and focused and then do your thing in a nice, beautiful, simple way. And it didn't require, I don't know, this extra level of stress or energy that wasn't unneeded. You just gave it what it needed and that was the end and it was... Mm -hmm yeah really beautifully simple in that sense yeah
1: and i had sort of thought through like you know if i need to have a hospital transfer there's part of the hypno babies program that talks about that like right imagining what that might be like and how you might feel and so i think the hypnosis even sort of supported me through the journey to the hospital um to like be calm and oh completely yes yeah it
0: definitely did So let's fast forward to life with two children. Um, Part of the episode I wanted to discuss this week was what it means for growing a family, uh, having what I kind of refer to as really utilizing your village uh, to bring more kids into the world and support them in in a a healthy way. Uh, What's your experience been like in these first uh, couple of months with two kids?
1: Um, It's been a whirlwind. I mean, I think it's – I hadn't – planned or thought through this part as much Mm. i mean that's the thing about the hypno babies program is you it's all about the lead up and the birthing um and then after that i don't know i guess i just hadn't like pictured it or planned for it in my head as much Um, but i think it's going fairly well i can't help but compare this to the time, you know, the few weeks after Maisie was born. Right. And I think I'm definitely in a better emotional state now mm-hmm. than I was then, probably because I'm sleeping a bit more. Yes. Um, I'm not sleeping a whole lot, but w- much more than when Maisie was born. And I don't know if that's because she was born early. And so she really wasn't sleeping long stretches at all. Um, Rosie's been a pretty good sleeper for her age, I think. Yeah. Um, and so having, you know, just a little bit more sleep, I'm able to. Like cope a bit better, um, and also having Maisie around it kind of forces you to have some sense of normalcy and get back into the swing of things a bit quicker.
0: That's true, and also I think that Rosie it was born you know as a full term baby, and to me like she is larger than what Maisie was at this stage. She seems to be developing a little faster. Um, and this whole process of you know your maternity leave and this you know first couple of months of her life. It seems pretty straightforward to me. It Seems like we're much more prepared for it. We had the systems, the resources. Of course, our grandparents all came in from every direction to stay with us for a while, and we really, I think, it's been so much less stressful for me from that perspective. Because the first time around, everything felt new, everything felt stressful, everything felt like what's happening now, where are we going now? And this time, and just even with a second, you know, kid in the house with Maisie here, it, it feels more chill to me than before.
1: Yeah, there's a lot less learning going on right now, like I feel like with Maisie I was constantly like reading books and googling things and trying to figure out like is this an emergency? Is she about to die? Is (laughs) You know, is something wrong with her arm or her leg or her Mm -hmm. eyes? Like all all those sort of um, panic attacks I had um, with Maisie, I sort of now know like, oh, it's normal for you know, babies to go cross-eyed every now and then. It's not, that doesn't mean that like yeah. she's about to die from a brain tumor. Um, and so things like that, that like really threw me off the first time around, I'm much more, um, prepared for, I think. And so that's making things a lot less stressful.
0: Yeah. And no, we've got, uh, one of my cousins has a couple of young kids similar to the age of ours. And I feel like no, seeing what they've gone through and seeing what I have other friends with multiple children and like, it's, There is a a shift that takes place from the, you know, life before kids, life with one kids, and then like life with just a whole bunch of just children everywhere. And it becomes this uh, like a whole new way of living. And I feel like, you know, as someone who works from home, there is a really bizarre balance of now, how do I address the things that matter and also be extremely flexible to what's taking place around me all the time? Because Every single moment is a little bit different than the next moment. And we're going through these like shifts on like every 30 minutes. It's like, okay, now where are we? Now what's the next thing to do? Uh, It's not as if I plan the whole week ahead of time and stick to my plan. Like that's not a thing I'm doing right now because it's not really possible.
1: Yeah. And I don't really like that. Like I I want a more structured day. I want to know like nap time is this time and lunch is at this time and we can schedule a podcast interview at this time. <laughs> um, and I know it's going to get there, but right now we're really in the state of flux where it's like we're yes. just sort of playing everything based around like Rosie's eating and napping. Um, it's not even really a schedule, just whatever she's doing at that moment. I'm like, oh, she's calm now. Let's record this thing right now. Um, so I'll be happy when we get to a bit more of a set schedule. But, as, you know, she's, what, well, six weeks old? Like, right.
0: And even last night I was, I was telling Tess, I was like, okay, I want to I do this interview with you at 9.30 a.m., and you look at me, and you're like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not going to take place. <laughs> like, we'll, like we'll get there when we get there. Like, what? It's it's two thirty p.m. <laughs> so we are five hours past my planned recording time. But that just it got done. We're doing this recording. Mm-hmm. like things are happening. But at the same times, like that's what this looks like. Where there are a list of things I want to do. The exact order they get done in is totally up in the air. But as long as I'm centered on. This is what a productive day could look like. Let me just tackle these things when the right time shows up. I'll do it. And I feel like even though I'm on a little less sleep and a little less, you know, diligent to the exact time frames, I'm still being productive. Life is still moving forward. Everyone's getting their needs met. It's just a different way to approach the day.
1: And I think we talked about this last time I was on the podcast about a wellness first approach or something like that. Um, is that what we're calling it? Wellness first or health first? Health I don't know first
0: is was. the one that I'm using. Yeah.
1: I think I identify more with wellness first. Okay. Um, okay. But, you know, I think this time, like this morning, I was like, I need to sleep again. Like I was up quite a few times last night. And so I need to sleep one more stretch before I can like speak coherently and be ready for the day. And so that's why you push things back. And I think for me to really say like I'm going to prioritize like my own sleep so I don't get too far into this like sleep deprivation hole. Um, I'm gonna prioritize eating food, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and you know certain needs that I have first, and then I'll start to check off the other things on my to-do list. is is a big difference from what I did with um, with Maisie. I really wanted to get back into like my productive life mm. sooner with Maisie, and I think um, now, and I, like I said, we're only like six weeks in, um, but I'm still sort of trying to say like. What are my basic needs? Are they met? And let's take care of those first. And if I don't get anything else on my, you know, to-do list done, then like, I'll just bump it till tomorrow.
0: I mean, it's really like a practicality first perspective. It's like, do we need laundry? Do we need food? Do we need naps? Like, what is the thing we need now? And that's the focus. And then when those things are addressed, it's like, okay, now I can answer some emails. Now I can do some work at my job. But there's, it really is like the practical needs based stuff first which does make us healthier. It does make us happier. Like it is helping us to flow through this season. I mean, no, we're not being as productive in that very traditional sense, but we are redefining productivity for this season of our lives, which is our kids are our first priority. And then our health is along with that, hopefully. But that's what this season is. And I think it's it's an interesting one because obviously as kids get older, there's a potential for things to get a little more chaotic. But I think that We are intentional with what we believe to be a good use of our time. And so I'm just I'm curious to see how it plays out long term. But I feel I feel good right now. I'm hopeful for how this is all working.
1: Yeah. And and like you mentioned earlier, it's been really wonderful to have the support of our family. Your parents have been really helpful. Your cousin, my mom, you know, and dad have been really supportive throughout the process, whether it's actually coming here or, you know, spending time with one of the kids or helping us with what we need. Um, it's been really, really nice to have them.
0: Certainly. I think it's it's a lot of fun to have kids, but you're you're kind of like, it's like like writing a blank check in a sense of with your time. It's like, I don't know what I'm agreeing to right. up front. I'm just saying yes, and then we're going to just do it. <laughs> we're going to get after it. And so, so part of that is the adventure of, of this whole thing. But at the same time, it's like now that you've kind of been through this a few times. It's like, yeah, this is manageable. This is not gonna yep. not gonna kill us. It's not gonna drive us crazy. I mean, it will <laughs> in short bursts, <laughs> a short burst. Yeah. But it's not gonna overall <laughs> you know, ruin think, our lives or anything.
1: Yeah, we have these little bursts of craziness or overwhelm or whatever, but they're countered with these little bursts of like beauty and like wonderful family time. Yes. When Maisie like holds Rosie, it's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> um and, you know, I think that's that's what parenting is. It's this juxtaposition of like these stressful times or hard times with this like real beauty of like family time, which is really what we wanted when we set out to have another one.
0: Yeah. And we get both of those extremes every single day. Yes. Every hour. Just, <laughs> we get a lot of that. Um, great. Anything else you wanted to mention about birthing kids, raising families? I don't know. Anything else?
1: Um. Well, our next big challenge, for those of you who are out there listening, is childcare.
0: Oh, I forgot to mention this earlier. Yeah, yes. That's
1: our challenge for today, at least.
0: We just got an email yesterday telling us that our primary daycare we had set up for Rosie uh, is not available for us for six more months past the time we needed to have them set up. So we all of a sudden were like, okay, let's scramble, renegotiate. Uh, we're now in contact with multiple other daycares. Um, I think the soonest we can get Rosie in is in May, which is at least two months past what we had planned. Um,
1: The systems here are tricky because there's these wait lists, but everybody is on all the wait lists. So it's hard to know how many people are actually like in front of you on the wait list and then how many spots are really going to open up when it's just, it's a real, it's a real challenge here. And I don't know if that's just Nashville or if that's everywhere, um, but it just seems like there's not enough infant childcare spots available, um, which is a real bummer when it does I'm hoping to, to go back to work.
0: It doesn't open up as the kids get older. There's a lot mm-hmm. more options, but that that infant daycare it is a tight squeeze to find a place to get into. And uh, I may be a, a full time podcaster slash daddy slash whatever I need to do uh, coming up here very shortly beyond what's happening now. So yeah. That's our our next big adventure, you know, the next big thing. It's going to be fun.
1: Hopefully we'll find something good.
0: We'll find it. It'll it'll all work out. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast and you happen to run a daycare in Nashville, (laughs) let us know. I'd be happy to talk to you. Um, Aside from that, Tessa, thank you very much for being on the show again. This is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, my pleasure.
0: And for the action step this week. Plan to be flexible. You know, if parenting has taught me anything, it's that I need to be ready for anything. So if your schedule is booked too tight with little to no wiggle room for the unexpected, it's time to loosen your grip just a bit and build in time for the curveballs of life. Believe me, you're gonna need it. Jeffsanders.com slash 426 is the place to go to get the episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast You can go to jeffsanders.com slash subscribe to see a lot more apps available to listen to this show. Once again, that's jeffsanders.com slash subscribe. And that's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just a cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwan Podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.